Welcome to the On Target Living Podcast, a place where health and human performance meet. A lot of these problems connect. If your nervous system is out of whack and you're stressed and you're depleting your magnesium stores, you're probably going to struggle with sleep. We're working with people and they have a low cholesterol level and many times they're on a medication. I already know their testosterone level is low before they even get it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of On Target Living. This is Kristen here. Hey Kristen, this is your dad. Hey, how's it going? We haven't been together in so long. It's been a while, so we're we're in the midst of all this stuff, but no, it's I'm happy to be here with you today and Brady and Sean and the rest of the family. Yeah, let's, let's rock and roll today. So we have a three-part series. We are talking about billion-dollar problems. This is part one of the three-part series. And basically, we wanted to address some of these popular issues that many people are facing today. We know that healthcare costs are out of control, estimated at $3.5 trillion this year. And in 1970, there were 500,000 type 2 diabetics. Today, there are over 30 million. We clearly have a problem when it comes to our health. And even though there's so many diets, so many products, so many supplements, medications on the market, it's simply not working. And sometimes we have so much information and we have very little education that we wanted to tackle some of these issues today. Now, many of us think we can out supplement a bad diet or outwork a bad lifestyle. And so we really wanna break down the source of some of the problems that many people are facing today. And I know we were talking about this before we went on air today, that so many people are over-medicated and the answer doesn't have to come from a pill bottle. And I know you were talking about just people are so focused on the cure. Well, I think you just hit a big number here, $3.5 trillion. I mean, when we think about the pandemic we've been going through and we are over-medicated and we're not really going after the, you know, we're after the chase and the cure, whether it's the vaccination or whatever it might be. And we got to get back to have an understanding. You have the power and when you start asking better questions and you start diving a little deeper, a lot of the stuff that we have control over is right in front of us. And that's really why we wanted to have this conversation today is that we've been getting so many people that have these things. And we've seen that. And again, we're not here to tell you to get off your medications or we want to see your health care practitioner and all that. But the goal is to help you understand that you have much more power and the power of the human body to heal itself. And that's really what our discussion is today. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people want to fix their specific issues, but the body doesn't heal in isolation. We talked about it heals from the inside out, top to bottom. And so we're going to address some of these popular issues today, and we're going to simplify them. So maybe you're experiencing high blood pressure or cholesterol imbalances. We want to really tackle the root cause of these things and help you to understand them a little bit more. So let's dive into some popular issues that many people are facing. And what we'll do is we'll kind of address the root cause and then give you some small steps to take to improve or prevent some of these issues. So let's start with blood pressure and and let's tackle kind of what the root cause of high blood pressure or even just blood pressure issues in general is. Well, blood pressure has been a big deal for many people. You know, and again, I look back at my mom. She was told she's going to be in a high uh, high blood pressure medication for the rest of her life. Her brother had high blood pressure. Sister had high blood pressure. Everybody has high blood pressure. She's just told that. And I go, well, mom, that's not true. 
you know, you're a stress kid. <laughs> we need to address some of that stuff. So, and then the last probably 25 years of her life, she was not on a blood pressure medication. So, I think the conversation we're going to have today is the big, some of these problems we have, we're going to talk about blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, and thyroid in this first episode, is that really understanding how you can make some of these decisions and again, the belief, we talked about this earlier, if you truly believe this is going to work, it probably will if you're getting the right information. So when you think of blood pressure, most people tr- truly don't believe, number one, it's a nervous system imbalance. So what is blood pressure? Blood pr- pressure is like a garden hose. So imagine if you take a garden hose and you got the water on and you take the garden hose and you basically crinkle it together, that pressure builds up. It's no different than the human body. So your systolic is the top number when your heart's contracting, and the diastolic is the bottom number when your heart's at rest. And then if your vessels, again, the the, the stiffness, the rigidness of them, the pliability, the, uh, the elasticity, all makes a difference in your blood pressure. But we have to step back and say, what raises my blood pressure? We all know when we get angry, we get stressed, blood pressure goes up. This is, a, this is fight or flight. This is exactly what happens in the human body. So when you really go back to the basics and you say, well, what raises my blood pressure, we know it's stress. So when we get the nervous system balanced, blood pressure comes down. That's why when we talk about diaphragmatic belly breathing, which we have so much information on that, it's the fastest way to improve your blood pressure and it's almost impossible to have high blood pressure if you're a consistent diaphragmatic breather so if you said okay what's the answer to improving my blood pressure it's not only what being aware of your stress and number two having strategies to help you calm the body calm the mind and that begins with how you breathe so that's the big one for blood pressure it's a nervous system imbalance we're anxious elections are coming the stock market covid i mean we're you know we're stressed. we're stressed right so if you can really get back and say okay what causes my high blood pressure and then from there you really look at magnesium that's the mineral relaxation so when people are stressed what's the first mineral that goes out of the body is magnesium so it's no wonder people have high blood pressure when they're nervous or they're anxious or they feel like they're stressed the mineral magnesium and we're not talking about magnesium supplements we're talking about magnesium foods such as bananas and dates and raisins nuts figs taking an epsom salt bath these things cacao nibs oatmeal coconut so when people start balancing the nervous system through how they're breathing maybe they pay attention to having more stillness and then paying attention to their sleep, all that nervous system stuff. Then they move into the food. Are they drinking enough water? Are they consuming these magnesium-based foods? And that's how it starts to roll. And it's in it, blood pressure is relatively easy to fix if people are, are understanding some of these basic strategies. Well, and I think we'll get into this, but a lot of these problems connect together, right? I mean, so if your nervous system is out of whack and you're stressed and you're depleting your magnesium stores, you're probably gonna struggle with sleep too. So we'll dive into a lot of these things, but I think the few takeaways from if you have blood pressure issues is number one, being aware. How is your stress level? You know, what is your life like? Are you paying attention to your lifestyle? And then to take some simple breathing breaks. It could be meditation, but just simple things where you can really 
you know, still the mind a little bit. You're breathing in through the nose, out through the nose. You're letting the belly fill with air. And then, of course, getting in magnesium, which is coming from mostly foods. So cacao nibs, ancient grains, nuts, seeds, dates. And then I think a big one for for blood pressure and just stress in general is an Epsom salt bath. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. And many of these things are very simple. I mean, we're never without our breath. It doesn't take you a long time to breathe. So I think those are a few takeaways that people can get um, out of that. And I think one last thing about blood pressure is, you know, they call it the silent killer because most people don't know they have. So again, part of behavior changes, you have to understand, are you even aware of what your blood pressure is? And so there's many, you know, easy things you can buy to help with your blood pressure um, that you can test it right at home. So it's just an awareness tool, but if you've ever done your, taken your blood pressure, and you work on your breathing at the same time, you'll be shocked, especially during the exhalation, that's when the that's when your blood pressure drops, how quickly blood pressure will improve. And again, we hear this a lot about white coat syndrome. The reason people have white coat syndrome is because they're nervous going to their doctor. Again, back to the nervous system is out of balance. So those are some really easy ways to understand blood pressure, but it's a major problem. And if you have high blood pressure, you're not going to have a, a good outcome as time goes on because the heart has to work too hard. And that's really the downside of blood, high blood pressure is the heart has to work too hard. And so the, the muscle gets thicker, which you now slowly lose this thing called stroke volume. So as we age, most of us will all die due to congestive heart failure because the heart cannot no longer keep up. And that's the big problem with blood pressure over time. It makes the heart too, too thick and, it's, and it loses its ability to keep that stroke volume up as we age. So if you want to be crazy like we are in our family, you can get a blood pressure cuff and you can sit around the kitchen table and practice your breathing and see who can get their blood pressure the lowest. And again, it's not about getting your blood pressure lower. It's just about keeping it back into balance. Yes. So again, if people are taking a diuretic or angiotensin drug or some of these medications out there for blood pressure, what happens when we've worked, been working with some of our clients is as they get their improving their blood pressure, they have to work with their doctor to cut down their dose. And eventually many of them get off their medication like my mom. So if you have blood pressure medications you're on right now, we're not asking get off them. But as you work on this, some of these skills, you're probably going to have less need for the dosage you're on. And then eventually maybe you get off it. So that's really how it works. And I've had many clients over the years that I ask them, are you getting lightheaded? And they would say yes. And I said, well, that's a great sign because now we know that what you're doing is working. Now let's cut the dose in half. And then eventually that's how it starts to roll. So again, we're not asking anybody to get off their medications, but understanding the power of when you control the nervous system and some of these magnesium foods, it definitely will improve that blood pressure because that's how the blood pressure medications work. Beta blockers basically stop the, the, the nervous system to stimulate it and then angiotensin drugs or diuretics again help with the relaxation and contraction of the vessels itself so there's some real science behind what we're telling you in the nervous system and that's how it works and that's how these medications work so blood pressure issues usually stem from a nervous system imbalance now let's move into cholesterol i know this is a super popular topic right now and many times this stems from a hormonal kind of problem or imbalance so can you talk a little bit about this well, I think the first thing most people, and again, we've talked about this many times, but if you haven't heard this before, but cholesterol is amazing. 
Now, you've heard me say that. You always repeat mm-hmm. that. It's amazing. But in our society, we truly believe still today that anytime my cholesterol goes up, you know, you got to bring it down. Cholesterol causes heart attacks. Well, in reality, that's not true. 65% of all heart attacks occur with normal cholesterol levels. So step one is understanding what is cholesterol? What does it do? Well, the big thing cholesterol does is it heals the cell. So every cell in the human body, when it gets damaged, cholesterol is the healing. It's like spackling. You break drywall. It's the spackling patches it. Also, cholesterol makes hormones, including your sex hormones. So when we see these stupid commercials on TV every night about T levels and hormones and this and that, let's go back to cholesterol is what makes these hormones. Cholesterol makes stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline, and cholesterol makes testosterone, estrogen, growth hormone. So now back to the stress, if we have too much stress, we will steal from these good hormones so again cholesterol is amazing and how it keeps the body healthy and happy so the key in cholesterol is not having a cholesterol high or low it's having your cholesterol level in balance and the easiest way to understand that is having your total cholesterol let's say it's 200 and your hdl is 50 say hdl to cholesterol to hdl ratio that would give you a ratio of four and so for women that number needs to be 3.5 or less and for men, it needs to be 4.5 or less. The point is here is that you want your cholesterol higher in balance as you age. And if you do, you will age much better because you'll have better hormonal balance. So again, when we talk about cholesterol and what does it do, it does a lot of things, including making your cells and patching your cells, healing the body, hormonal balance, transports vitamins and minerals. It does lots of stuff. So the goal is not to quickly, oh, last but not least, it's essential for you know your myelin sheath in the brain. So now when I'm taking these cholesterol medications, you can see maybe the side effects is not really what I want is a low you know, T level or I'm gonna have uh, unhealthy brain or the list goes on. So again, we're not asking anybody to get off of cholesterol medication, but it's, Getting a person to have a balanced cholesterol is relatively easy. And for the last 25 years, I've never had anybody not get off their cholesterol medication if they're willing to make some of these changes working with their doctor. So basically, if someone had, you know, 240 as their total cholesterol, a lot of people, when they see the number over 200, they freak out. They think it's automatically bad. It gets highlighted red, you know, on their doctor visit. But we have to pay attention to HDL. Is that what you're saying? So, Well, it's not only HDL, but it's really about the balance. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at, now they have medications to raise HDL, they have medication to lower LDL. The key is getting your cholesterol level in balance. So when I look at my blood test, when I get it back and my cholesterol level is over 200, we all know it's gonna have that red flag on your, on your blood chemistry mm-hmm. test. When reality is I want my cholesterol level to be high mm-hmm. because one of the blood tests, and we're not talking about this today, but one of the blood tests I'm going to look for is my testosterone level. So if my cholesterol generally is higher, so will be my testosterone level. It, when I'm, we're working with people and they have a low cholesterol level and many times they're on a medication, I already know their testosterone level is low before they even get it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how do you know that? I said, because you're on a cholesterol-lowering medication and cholesterol makes testosterone. Well, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. <laughs> so that's why we have to understand that just because cholesterol is high does not mean it's mm-hmm. unhealthy. You know, we, we, we're not going to talk about this today, but, you, you know, you get into homocysteine and CRP, and there's many factors that cause people to have, 
you know, higher level risk for having heart disease, but cholesterol is not a disease. It's a <laughs> risk factor for heart or stroke. It is not a disease, but we treat it as a disease. It's just a risk factor. So when I get people to understand the power of cholesterol and what it is and what does it do, they start changing their mindset that maybe I don't want to drop it so low. No, we know too low of cholesterol means you probably have cancer because cholesterol makes your cells. So when you see excessively low cholesterol, which I've seen with, with clients, it's a huge red flag right at the beginning before you even jump into white blood cells or you know the things that are gonna show up right away when people have cancer, that's a also indicator that, you know, we were talking, Matt was talking about this a while back when Holly was pregnant with, with Karis, they tested her cholesterol. By accident. By accident. Well, they never test pregnant women for their cholesterol. And why is that? Because it's high. Because it's extremely high. And now why is it high? Because it's making a life. It's making a life. So again, we have to get out of the thought process that cholesterol is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's a healer. And that's why it's a builder. It it makes life. So to me, I completely changed my view of cholesterol, you know, way back in the mid eighties, when we would talk about cholesterol, we need to get it lower. We don't get it lower. Well, and 60% of all heart attacks occur with normal cholesterol levels. So as you said, it's just it's just a risk factor. We need to look at the big picture. And what would you say to someone who wants to raise their cholesterol for better hormonal imbalance, better testosterone levels? How would you suggest that? Well, I think the raw material, we all have to understand, one of the raw materials that really makes a balanced cholesterol profile is omega-3 fats. Mm-hmm. That's the cod liver oil, that's the flax, that's the chia. And so when I've had people, and again, we're talking about water and any of these, all these cross over. But when I've had people come in to see me and they're like on 40 milligrams of a stat med, they want to know, what, what, what can I do? I said, well, here's the deal. I want you to develop some of these lifestyle, do your flax, do your chia, drink more water. We're doing some greens, moving your body, doing all these lifestyle things. Then once you get this thing rolling, we'll go back to your doctor and say, hey, listen, I want to get your homocysteine, CRP, all the stuff that you know we've talked about before. But I want you to say, talk to your doctor about cutting your dose in half. Mm-hmm. So if you're on 40 milligrams, cut it to 20. And you're doing all these wonderful things, and then you're going to reevaluate it in three months. And then your doctor gets back, and you start looking at your risk factors. Again, it's a risk factor. And then you cut it to 10 milligrams. And that's how I've had people get off their medication, cholesterol medication, by changing their lifestyle, working with their doctors. So if you're out there and you have high cholesterol or imbalanced cholesterol and you're on a medication for it, don't change a thing. Now start changing your lifestyle. And then from there, then you can have the conversation with your health professional about next steps. Because to me, more and more people, I mean, cholesterol is a 30 trending to, you know, it's a $30 billion industry today. It's trending to maybe even 800 I mean, it's just, it's turned into a crazy number. I mean, many doctors I've heard, you know, just put it in the water. But reality, the problem with taking cholesterol medication is what it does for your liver, what it does for um, breaking down the brain. We've never seen more dementia than we see today. And we see imbalance of hormones. So when you look at all these side effects, again, if people aren't willing to change the lifestyle, that might be an answer. But if you're willing to change the lifestyle, that's why we're that's why we're having this conversation today. That people just need to be more aware of what they can do to improve or balance their cholesterol profile. 
So give our listeners just a few small steps they can do if they want to balance their cholesterol, improve some of their numbers. Well, again, it's like a broken record here, but omega-3 fats, you know, one to two tablespoons of cod liver oil every day, also it's high in vitamin D3. And the other one would be is um, some type of flax or chia three or four times a week. So when you do those two basic things, you know, you could put chia or flax in your smoothie. You could do the cod liver straight out of the bottle first thing in the morning. That's a beginning. And then you get them start drinking water. Maybe they're doing some kind of ancient grain like oatmeal, moving their body daily. When they start building some of these habits, next thing you know, cholesterol comes back into balance. And that's the key. The key is balanced cholesterol profile. So those are some easy steps, but it begins with these omega-3 fats. Yeah, and just for all the listeners out there, if you go to our website on targetliving.com under our resources tab, we have handouts there. And one is called Know Your Numbers. You can print out a sheet that says what your numbers should be. You can take it right to your doctor and you can tell them these are the blood tests that I want to get so I can understand how I'm aging and how I can improve some of these things. So we have just kind of a cheat sheet on what your numbers should be. And we also have a guide on best practices. So if you really want to start to improve your lifestyle to improve these numbers, we also have a handout um, kind of on some things that you can do. So don't feel like you have to remember everything we're saying. We have a lot of resources on our website. So let's move into the next one. I know this is popular as well. Diabetes. So what would you say the root cause of, di- of diabetes is? Well, if we go back just for a quick second, if you looked at blood pressure and cholesterol, it, when we get, when we talk to people or they come through our, you know, information, we do events, especially when lately we've been doing a lot of these webinars, but blood pressure and cholesterol come right together. Mm-hmm. If they're on a cholesterol medication, they're probably on a blood pressure medication. If they're on a blood pressure medic, so what does that tell you? It tells you the nervous system's out of balance. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to improve your cholesterol, Remember, stress hormones steal. So again, cholesterol makes stress hormones, it makes building hormones, but they kind of all go together, which leads us into diabetes. And we're talking about type two diabetes. Type one, your body does not produce insulin. Type two, the body produces insulin, but the body doesn't recognize insulin the way it should. So again, very similar to what we just talked about with blood pressure, you have to understand it, what is it? Cholesterol. And then when you think of type 2 diabetes, what type 2 diabetes is, everybody, is simple. So if you drew a circle, and imagine that's your cell. So when you eat food, you get up in the morning, maybe you have breakfast or whatever you're eating. But when your body, when you eat food, your body breaks it down into glucose. And glucose is basically going towards the cell to feed the cell. Energize. So it's, 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 it's dinner time. Right. I got to feed my cells. So with type 1 diabetes, with the body doesn't produce insulin. So that's, you know, a life sentence for people that now and then we came up with, we learned, you know, years ago, they learned how to, um, the, the greatest invention ever was, you know, insulin. Mm-hmm. So with type 2 diabetes, the cell itself, your glucose levels start to rise because now you're going to feed the cell. Insulin comes out to play and insulin's job is to open up the cell like a lock on a door. And let the glucose in to be fed. But if that lock is rusty, insulin is trying to do its work, but it's only letting in a little bit of glucose. Mm-hmm. And the rest of glucose goes out in the bloodstream, so hence my glucose levels go up. So now I'm told I'm pre-diabetic or, you know, once it gets over 100, I'm a type 2 diabetic. When reality is, it's not, you know, I hear this all the time. I mean, I had a guy not too long ago, he was type 2 diabetic, and he hasn't eaten a fruit in three years. 
because the doctor told him you can't eat anything that's high in sugar. Well, the fruit, the banana, the orange is not causing Diabetes. The, 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 the cell to be the lock to be frozen on the door. It's just raising glucose level up. But the real true problem, back to this whole conversation today, is the cell itself, the lock is too rusty. Mm-hmm. And when the lock gets rusty, that's type 2 diabetes. So basically, diabetes is a cell problem. It's a cell problem. Blood pressure is a nervous system problem. Mm-hmm. Cholesterol is a nervous system problem and, you know, maybe a lacking omega-3 fats. So really, we're going to go back to the problem. I would love to hear a type 2 diabetic walk into our office someday and say, hey, my doctor told me I have type 2 diabetes because my cells are not healthy. That's never happened. That would be your I, if If I did hear that, I would run to that health professional and I would say, come on in. I want to talk to you. Uh-huh. Where did you learn this from? Because this, this, is what, this is what it is. I mean, as I get older, I don't care. What, no, this is what, this is what it is. I had a guy in, in, in Connecticut that his A1C was 8.4. And he's back to almost normal today, wow. which is the A1C, which is looking at your glucose over a period of time versus just a, just a one reading. So I've seen this magic over the years. Once people get their cells soft and permeable. And healthy. That's where the magic begins. Mm-hmm. So type 2 diabetes is, as you mentioned, is a cell membrane. And, and again, we, we, you shared a little statistic earlier, but in 1960, one in 4,000 people had type 2 diabetes in the United States. Mm-hmm. Today, that's one in four trending to one in three. It's a major problem. Mexico wasn't even on the radar screen with type 2 diabetes, and today they're right behind the United States in type 2 diabetes. It's everything in what we're doing, how we're eating and living our lifestyle. Yeah, so as you get healthier and you live a better lifestyle, then your cell membrane gets more permeable, it gets more sensitive to insulin, insulin can do what it needs to, it can let glucose in, and then you're not having these high spikes of glucose and all these kind of imbalances. So what would you, and I love how you break down diabetes, I know you've been talking about that forever, Um, the cell, the cell is so important. And I think so often, you know, people want to target their specific issues, but they don't realize that getting healthier starts from the inside out. I always tell people who I consult with for weight loss, just be patient, get healthy from the inside out, upgrade the quality of your ingredients, give yourself a 12 to 14 hour fast. The body will do what it needs to, and the magic will happen. I mean, so simple. When I tell people the number one thing you can do for weight loss is upgrade the quality of your ingredients. They're like, well, what? really? Yeah. You go from five ingredient peanut butter that has trans fat to one ingredient. You go from a cereal that has 50 ingredients to three. Those are all things I think then we don't have to think so much about food. When we put the right ingredients in our body, it knows what to do. There's no thinking. Well, and, and again, type 2 diabetes is an M&M candy shell. Mm-hmm. So for the rest of your life, I had a woman talk to me the other day. She goes, I remember you told me that 10 years ago. I still remember today. Type 2 diabetes is an M&M candy shell. It's hard on the outside, soft on the inside. Once you make that cell membrane soft and permeable, type 2 diabetes starts going away. And again, if you're trying to lose weight, you can see it's almost impossible to lose weight if you have a cell membrane that's stiff and rigid like an M&M. So then you're saying, oh, inside the cells, the mitochondria, that's where energy, that's where metabolism goes. You can see, this is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it just spirals out of control. (laughs) So if I start fixing type 2 diabetes, number one, you're probably going to start losing weight Mm -hmm. or you're going to get healthier. But type 2 diabetes, the major problem with type 2 diabetes long term is it's going to cause all sorts of vascular problems. Mm -hmm. 
So when you think of type 2 diabetes, you see type 2 diabetes in the eye three to five years before you ever see it in a blood test. That's why when people start having type 2 diabetes, they have all sorts of extremity issues. You know, they have wherever the finest vessels in the human body are, those are going to get compromised and damaged. And it starts from the eyes and the feet. So and when I look at people when they come in, the first thing I do many times is I have them take their shoes and socks off. I want to look at their feet mm. because if their feet don't look healthy, they're not healthy. If they so, don't have the blood flow. They don't have the blood flow. The color's not right, whatever. It's amazing when we go to the MAC and work out, you know, there's a lot of older gentlemen in there and we're in the locker room and I don't want to look at their feet. Because it's <laughs> you not know. A, they already know. Well, then you got I, someone's got to hold you back from telling them yeah, all about Yeah, this. I, and I don't go down that path. But you can see the body's talking back to you. And again, uh, type 2 diabetes is a major problem in the United States. It's, it's a thousand dollars a month problem. Wow. Yeah. And if you do the math on it, you can see why we're talking about this today. This is really killing our country. It's killing our world on top of this pandemic, but it's direct related to our lifestyle, what we eat, what we drink, you know, all the stuff that goes with making your body a type two diabetic. So we just have to understand these issues more and be a little more educated. I actually had a woman reach out to me yesterday and said, she listened to one of my webinars and said, you know, I'm type two diabetic. Should I be limiting my carbohydrate intake? My doctor says I should be limiting my carbohydrates. So I know we get that question a lot. And again, we never want to tell people to restrict anything because you restrict a macronutrient and you'll have problems. But what would you tell people who do have type 2 diabetes or have blood sugar issues and they're concerned about carbs? Well, again, for the sake of the time of this podcast, we're not going to get into, you know, super deep in the weeds on some of these things like carbohydrates. But understanding if you take a carbohydrate out of the body, we're not talking about the the the, the crappy chips. chips and yeah. the and the you know the, the the processed sugars. We're talking about the real deal. Carbohydrates are sugars. An apple is a carbohydrate. An apple ha- is sugar. Yeah. So what we have to understand is what you've said forever is when we eat closer to the source, you can't really go wrong. If you're making it more homemade, which we are all are doing right now, you really can't go wrong. So the problem when you think of type 2 diabetes, it's all the processed foods, the fast foods, the alcohol, the too much caffeine, the, the list goes on and that makes the cell unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you were growing a plant and you started putting garbage in there, you're going to see the plant show up. It's the same thing. We just see it slowly at that microscopic level, level at the cell. So it really gets back to, are you drinking enough water? Mm-hmm. Omega-3 fats, as I mentioned earlier, which Let are going to- Let me guess, omega-3 fats. <laughs> it's liver oil. It's the, because it makes the cell soft and permeable. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's really healthy for the cell is this thing called chlorophyll. We talk about spirulina, corella, wheatgrass, kale, spinach, broccoli. But greens, anything high in chlorophyll, makes the cell, it's like scrubbing bubbles, it makes it, makes it takes the garbage off it. So when you put the omega-3s on top of the chlorophyll, hence now my glucose is level getting back to normal. And I truly believe if you want to change your lifestyle, there's nobody out there that's a type 2 diabetic they can't make it much better. In fact, maybe most of the time, get off your medications. So it's, again, and, and one, one last thing here. If you have a gallbladder problem, everybody, don't be so anxious to get your gallbladder taken out. 
you know, we talk about that in our business that we've had many people we know that had gallbladder problems and they slowly cleaned up their diet, gallbladder got better. But gallbladder is essential because if the gallbladder is taken out, the pancreas has to work too hard. And the pancreas is where insulin is made. Mm-hmm. So if the pancreas has to work too hard, generally most people that get their gallbladder out will have type 2 diabetes within 8 to 10 years after the gallbladder is taken out. And what is the job of the gallbladder? The gallbladder is a filtration and gets part of the sludge. So again, when you talk about the spleen and the the, uh, liver and the kidneys, they all work together as a team. They need each other. Including the pancreas. So we don't have an organ in the body that needs to be yanked out. So we know now tonsils was a big thing with the immune system. In my generation, everybody took their tonsils out. I think in a lot of this, what I've heard in the last, many people are getting their gallbladder taken out. And, yeah. and I was doing a presentation in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho years ago, and I was telling this story. And this woman raised her hand and she says, hey, I had my gallbladder taken out eight years ago. And now today I've, t- I've just been wow. diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So I'm not saying even if you have your gallbladder taken out, you can do a lot of these lifestyle things to make your blood, your your cells healthy, which is going to create this better glucose level, which you're going to have better energy. You'll have a better waistline and everything that goes with that. So type 2 diabetes is a major problem, but it doesn't have to be. Nope. Nope. So I think doing omega-3s, water getting more movement, and then just focusing on foods closest to the source, even if that is carbohydrates, oats, ancient grains, fruits, vegetables. I know you say this all the time. It's impossible to have a healthy immune system if you're cutting out fruit. We need fruit. We need these powerful, you know, items in our diet. Yeah, it's alkalizing. So, and then as you mentioned too, you know, stillness and breathing and sleeping we know sleeping is a big deal, and it's big deal for including type 2 diabetes. So they all kind of go together to keep the, keep the human body healthy. Definitely. Okay, let's move into the last topic today, and that's thyroid. So let's talk about that. People have hypothyroid issues. They have hyperthyroid. So let's just kind of break that down, and why don't you identify what the root cause of thyroid issues can be? Well, I think for thyroid, and again, if you looked at other countries around the world, you don't see the thyroid problems that we see today in the United States. So if everybody could write this down, the thyroid is the emotional gland. Hmm. So if it's the emotional gland, then we have to understand that emotions well, so the thyroid lives under the pituitary. Again, well, that's the master gland in the human body, but the thyroid really is about all about metabolism and growth and things like that. So when you have a low thyroid, generally people have more of their sluggish and they're, you know, they may have more puffiness and weight gain. If they have hypo, you know, they're running around like a, a cat being chased by a big dog, right? So it really is the emotional gland. And as similar to blood pressure, when you can control some of these things, the emotional pieces, how you breathe and how you view stress and, you know, all that kind of stuff, then everything starts to starts to balance out. So hyper speeds everything up and hypo slows everything down. Mm-hmm. So if you are have a hyper, the first thing we want to do is slow you, slow you down. And when we've had groups come in and they're all over the board, we don't know. But then when we get into the weeds, we know that they have, but we lay them down and I already know 
they have some issues Mm -hmm. because they can't lay down when Dr. Phil would get them on down and work on on their breathing and their training for sleep. They thought that they were down for five minutes. That was, they thought that they were down for five hours. It was. Yeah. It's the people who need it the most just can't. Right. And then you got the other side, it's a hypo. They don't want to, that's the person you want to get moving more and get more stimulated and uh, back to understanding all that. So we have to address number one, are are they, are they, is it too low or is it too high? And then how do we create this more of the balance Balance. and it really gets back to the very beginning, which is that emotional gland and understand how stress, Mm -hmm. you know, and what do you need to do? You know, when your people are depressed, you need to get them moving when they're anxious need to slow them down. <laughs> Have them work on their breath issues. Right. Yeah, and I know my girlfriend right now is struggling with thyroid issues and she's she's had a few babies and she just hasn't been able to lose the weight. And I know, you know, things are stressful. You have kids at home. You may be put on the back burner a little bit, but what would you say to people who are just really struggling? I think sometimes people want to jump to medications or they want to get their thyroid taken out or whatever it is. So just kind of assessing your lifestyle, would you say? Yeah. So again, the first step of self-awareness is just being aware. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what's the problem? What's out of balance? Yeah. What's out of balance? So with COVID right now, so many people are anxious. Mm -hmm. So address that. I'm anxious. Okay. I got that. So if you're anxious, what do we need to do? We need to start with the breath. So if you looked at the thyroid as an emotional gland, I'm too anxious or too, you know, so address that. Okay, if, if I have a thyroid problem, why aren't more people before they're given a prescription being taught how to breathe? So, and then during your day, and again, you, it, it's hard for some people. It's a t- challenging time right now. Right. But I think most people can find one or two minutes a day that they can actually work on their breath. Or move. Or move their body. Yeah. So the big thing we need to understand, whether it's type 2 diabetes or cholesterol, blood pressure, whatever, but the human body, we need to move. And we need to move, make it simple for people Mm -hmm. that if you could start out with, you know, 10 minutes a day, maybe do some basic stretches, do some breaks. So that all adds up. But a thyroid is the emotional gland. And then you look at what they're eating or not eating. Mm -hmm. And so a big thing for the thyroid is obviously iodine is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So that's going to come from the sea vegetables or sea salt salt or, you know, spirulina corella. And then you get into, uh, you know, sodium. What You know, they're consuming certain foods have high levels of sodium, which is a healthy thing like a celery or and then you, you know, calcium, potassium, all these minerals help with the thyroid. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, too, we haven't really jumped in this. We'll talk about this more next time. But liver stagnation, because that's where blood is held. And so many times when people have thyroid problems, their liver is too sluggish. So, again, we got to make sure they're consuming the right types of foods like chlorophyll. And I don't want to go too deep into the weeds here. But you got to step back and say, why do I have that? Selenium and zinc. We know it's fantastic for the immune system today. But selenium and zinc are fantastic for the thyroid. Mm -hmm. So are people consuming Brazil nuts or pumpkin seeds or certain greens, things that are high levels of that? And and as they start doing this, then they feel like they have a little more control over their thyroid versus just and, and thyroid is sometimes a beast to get off people's medications. But what I've seen is their dosage gets a lot lower. Mm-hmm. So yeah. whether you get off it or not, but the dosage gets lower and then mag- manganese, that's another big um thing for the thyroid so there's a lot of things out there you can do to improve your thyroid 
and understanding whether you have hypo, number one, or hyper, and understand it's an emotional gland, so it's directly related to stress. And then you talk about movement. Movement's a big deal. Movement's a big deal for emotions. For, for emotions. Mm-hmm. Especially right now. So we can literally I mean, kind of burn our stress away when we're moving yeah, the body. You know that motion creates positive emotion. So if it's an emotional gland, I probably need to move my body. And it wouldn't be if somebody's a hyper, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have them go and kill themselves doing some crazy exercise, right? Maybe they It'd need be, some yoga They or need stillness. some more yoga or some more stillness, yeah. correct? Yes. Great. Well, again, we have resources on our website too if, if anyone needs kind of help with um, seeing what their numbers should be. But next episode, we're going to dive into some more popular issues. We're going to dive into kidney issues, liver issues, gout, acid reflux, skin, acne, autoimmune conditions. So definitely tune in to the next episode, but hopefully this helped you to kind of simplify some of these issues a little bit more and really tackle uh, the root cause of some of your issues. So stay tuned for next time.